So hello again, welcome back to the Jason and Petey Project. It is a great day. We have a super excited interview coming up because we are having a couple interview, which is a great uh, partnership and partnership couples back and forth, which are just absolutely amazing. And so for that point, we have Princey Gill and Vikram Barr of Wahi Capital on. How are you guys? Good, how are you? How are you doing, Jason and Billy? It's, it's, uh, it's a pleasure to be on the show. Well, we're excited to have you, and so they're from the Bay Area, but they're actually in Tucson where the properties are mm -hmm. today, so we're going to have a lot of chatting about operations, just how they've adapted during the recent times, and just really what they're doing now to push forward. And so, Princey's co-founder of Wahe Capital, her core strength is in financial operations, and prior to Wahe Capital, she spent 14 years in Silicon Valley designing and implementing one of the largest and most complex financial management systems ever created called SAP. Yes, some people may have heard that. So, and <laughs> Vikram, wow. he also is co-founder of Wahe Capital and with Princey, prior to establishing Wahe, Vikram held positions and managed the fiscal operations of startups in the Silicon Valley. So today we're gonna talk about, honestly, them enriching lives, mm -hmm. the systems they built in, how they're scaling their business. And welcome to the show, guys. So. That's what I have here. Fill us in. What are the gaps here that, that really can bring out who you are? Sure. Thank you so much. Once again, it's absolutely a pleasure being here. Uh, both of you as a couple are amazing. You have three beautiful children. It's just, it's great to see. And, and you live most of your time, I know, in Hawaii. So I'm, I'm very jealous of that. So <laughs> we'll get to that some other time. Um, but yeah, so I, I was born and I grew up in India. I grew up in a in a very business class. My mom was an entrepreneur as well. So I have grown around people who have done things, who have, you know, um, done things on their own, figure things out. Um, I, my mom has, has played a very important role on where I am, what I do. And she has made me a very independent woman and I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to be her daughter. And she, you know, since I was a child, I can remember she always telling me stories about Mother Teresa and she always, uplifted my knowledge in a way to you know uh, life is beyond just a w2 life is beyond just doing just the regular right uh, we all are capable of our, our best and, and let's go and achieve it so yeah there's something about that working to live and not living to work that so many yes. get stuck on so that's right we are infinitely infinite beings so i cannot wait to hear more from you Vikram. Yeah, no, sure. So uh, like Princey, I grew up in India. My father was in the army, so we grew up in very disciplined. Most of my, uh, you know, earlier um, raising happened on the base. Um, so as I mentioned, it was very disciplined, you know, against highly motivated people. You know, I, I don't believe anybody else could be more motivated personnel as much as armed forces people are. Um, so yeah, that was my life. And I, um, and then from there, I transitioned into industrial engineering. Uh, essentially went to did my undergrad in India. I came to uh, US to do my master's. Uh, I went to Wayne State in Detroit uh, in industrial engineering. And then in the last 20 years prior to this, I've been working in manufacturing companies, uh, you know, startups. Uh, it was started with automotive, then uh, big four. I worked in the uh, supply chain strategy. And then just been last 12, I've been startups, which is pretty phenomenal. I love processes. That's the, you know, you can call it, that's my, uh, you know, superpower is this how to build processes and scalable stuff. Yes, he's called the process guy in the valley. I love that, so. and so. <laughs> yes. Oh, really? Good. Well, we are excited to have you, and you both spoke about your your parents. And so, what is one lesson that you've carried through that's been monumental in what you're doing today, um, Princey? I'll start with you from your mom and Vikram. I'd love to hear from your dad. What, what's one thing that stands out that you really carry forward in your life now? 
um, um, make make whoever is around you an independent thinker and let them grow you know in their own skin and then you know hardship comes there are um, hundred things we don't know about but there are other hundred that we can really excel in so no big deal in things that you can uh, be good at focus on focus your energy and things you you can absolutely achieve and, and run with it you know as I say it uh, and and you know and figure things along the way so my parents really made me a very independent person independent thinker and and that nothing is impossible and that really helped me on a, on a daily basis and I try to implement the same into our kids so yeah I love that nothing is impossible Vikram from your father yes exactly so uh, you know it's the um, at the same time, my father was in the army. My mom was also a teacher. So in India, you have postings, which you call as a field posting and a peace posting. So my father, every two, uh, two year, after every three years of peace, before, uh, you know, uh, uh, living in a peace area, he used to go to a border place. So essentially our mom was raising us for those two years. And she was a full-time teacher, you know, getting us ready, you know, two kids. My, I got an older sister, she's more sensible than I am. But still, you know, you got two kids to get ready in the morning, you know, do everything and then make sure the lunch is taken care of and everything else. So there's a lot that I learned from my parents. What I learned most that most resonates is uh, don't, if you hit, get hit by a challenge, it's nothing. It's an opportunity to learn. It's an opportunity to get better and just keep moving on. Don't dwell too much about things, you know, learn what you need to learn from that moment and, and just carry on. And so it seems like you guys have an extraordinary partnership together. You have children, you have an amazing business. Let's talk a little bit into that. How does your partnership work and how do you divide your time between your business and your family? Um, sure. So um, we've been together many, many years. And <laughs> one, of, one of the things as we, as we went on to you know, do our own thing, and we, we saw a fair amount of success in our professional careers, but there was something always, you we used to come back every Friday evening and have those discussions. How can we spend more time together? How can we build something together? We are very passionate, as you can see, in everything we do, you know, even in our professional careers, we were always, always into that. So it's, uh, it was, it was that, and, and then we had, circumstances that that led us to to be even more and more together and and it's just amazing you know as as Vikram said roadblocks are just opportunities and then you look at them and you say what can I do to make the best out of it and then you go and get it yeah, yeah essentially um, you know we are we are alike in a lot of things and we are not alike in a lot of things so that's what makes our partnership so great and we are very strong we have very strong opinions so if I firmly believe in something and Princey believes in another thing, there is a good discussion on it. <laughs> and I think that's what really makes our relationship work and our business work. Because if one person is more, you know, overpowering over the other and the values or opinions get suppressed on the other side, it's not going to lead to a healthy business environment. So we are essentially not only are we blessed enough to be that, but we are also blessed to be very independent thinkers. And there are certain points where I believe that, okay, think this is this seems the right way. And then Princey come up with a totally, you know, different viewpoint. I'm like, wow, I didn't even realize that. So that's what makes our business, uh, it makes it so easy for us to do the business together is because we are two different thought processes, two different things, but we are also, we are mutually very, uh, we work well together. And so, so that's- Yeah, and that's always that dynamic core to, to 
just relationships in general. So to be able to carry that forward, sometimes people align with their own strengths and, and there's conflict because the weaknesses fall off, right? Because no one's right. handling that spot. And you see that a lot with friendship partnerships and that. Was there a pinnacle moment throughout your, your successful careers that really was that transition point where you said, we are we need to change our course going forward, no matter the path, the current path we're right on right now is not, not fulfilled. Right. Uh there was, um, yes, there's always a tipping point, right? And so we, as, as Quincy mentioned, we were, uh, we were we'd done really well in the Silicon Valley. We, everything was going great. Uh, it, in the background, we always wanted to do something, right? We always looked at different ideas, different perspectives, different businesses, and kept scratching them off the link. So our, our thing was how to have quality life together. So um, I, had a, I, I got diagnosed with ulcerative colitis when I came in, uh, when I got to US. It's an autoimmune disorder, essentially, the body thinks it's attacking you. And uh, I, it's, it's just over the last 10 years, it, it was uh, in, in that 10 years, it continued to grow. It got severe, it got to a point where I had to get the surgery done and uh, it had to remove the large intestines. And when they did that, there was, um, it got into complications. I was at one of the best hospitals and stuff. So for me, that was a tip in moment because I, I almost didn't make it. Quincy was pregnant with our first kid. Uh, I couldn't talk, you know, so it, it, I didn't have, I was down to the bones. Uh, I couldn't speak. And then, the, so only thing you can do is think. So as I was thinking first, you know, the first thing is as human go through, okay, fine, you know, done with this, you know, let's move on. And then it hits me, what am I leaving behind? No. I know Princey's a superstar. She doesn't need somebody to take care of her. But at the same time, I do want, you know, some, I do want to make sure, I did want to make sure that not only her, the future generations that we're going, there's some contribution for our side to build that generational wealth. So that was a moment of uh, realization for me that, you know, we can have as great jobs as possible, but they're not going to build generational wealth. They're going to stop the moment your pulse stops, they're done. And for me, that was a tipping point. Princey was always an entrepreneur, you know, I think way before I was. And and she she had always mentioned real estate. So we didn't know anything. And that was this this happened back in 2013. And I had a subsequent surgery, everything went well, everything was great. And in 2013, we got into a contract on our, on our, on our first uh, contract. We're like, we're doing this. This is, there's no, you know, no nobody, not many people get second chances. So you got to make the most of it. I love that pinnacle moment that you realize that I need to leave a legacy. What am I leaving behind? So many people don't are blessed, I would say, that they don't have what you went through. But right. just to recognize that, just that gift that you were given, that you realize that you you needed to leave something and then you took action. It sounds like you guys are extreme action takers. So yeah. tell us about this first deal and how did you grow your business into Wahe Capital? Sure. No, the um, first deal, we didn't know any, uh, you know, 1% rule or 2% rule. All we knew, you know, uh, was, you know, we did the math and said, okay, after all these expenses, we need to have a buffer. If there is a buffer, we, we said at least a buffer of two two fifty uh, you know dollars at that time, um, and this was back in 2013, so it was really hard to go wrong at that time. So we got a buffer of 500. We were like, that's good, you know. If there was, uh, so we got into the first. It was a condo deal, and we we did the we, we bought our condo sight unseen in Chicago, Illinois. You know, my sister lives uh, lives there, so that was the only thing. Nobody went to see it. Not that she went to see it. It was just that, yeah, I know that area. Uh, yeah, we'll be okay. We'll be okay. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. you need that leap of faith, though, right? So, you yeah, know, exactly. just because like, yeah. if you don't, you, you never get started, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. You, you just got to get it done. Yeah. 
Um, and then we uh, and then we had an, next year we bought another uh, another condo, and then we started doing the math. We we're like, wait a second, this single family approach or one doing is not going to make sense. So you do the math. Like I I know many people go through that, and you're like, I got to buy 20 properties in a year, and you're like, oh yeah. no, what are we doing? So Have you see, did you see the first property by the time you brought the second one? Uh, yes, we did. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> we happened to be in Chicago. We we try to go to Chicago every summer, um, so we did. Uh, it was a quick like in and out thing. There was a tenant already there. We didn't want to bother too much, yeah. and so we didn't really walk into the house too much. We just we stepped into the porch, just said hi, hello, and stuff. I said everything was doing good, um, and then from there, uh, you know, we we didn't know about multifamily. We're like, there's got to be something. People talk about real estate, how it's great. You know, what? There's got to be something. So we. Uh, we dive really deep, and and we no, found, you know yeah. what we did? We went to the mountains. So me and Vikram, <laughs> when we hit a roadblock, we pretty much we disconnect ourselves, and then we say, let's go and think. You know, because as a couple, you're always uh, trying to do so many things, right? You're trying to balance your life on a daily basis. So we we really we went to the mountains, and then two days, Vikram did all his research he could, and while I was taking care of the boys and. And yeah, and he found it. I still remember that time. It was evening, and the kids were jumping on the on the bed. And Mr. Vikram said, "I found it! I found it! I found bigger picture, uh, bigger, bigger pockets. pockets." And I'm like, yeah. "Okay." <laughs> so I'd found bigger pockets. I'd found multifamily. I read every single post on multifamily at that point before I discussed with Princey, because I had to absorb it. So you know, work being an engineer and working in in the corporate jobs, you become kind of a data geek. You know, you want to see a lot of data before you take action, uh, or, or a certain amount of data. So I was like, okay, what is this whole thing people are talking about? But I got to see the numbers. And finally, if you read enough of the blog post, you get to the numbers, right? I got to the numbers. I'm like, this makes sense. You can actually replace your income, and and that is just a starting point. And then it grows from there. So I was super excited. We we discussed that, and uh, it was in Big Sur, pretty cold evenings, uh, Thanksgiving, uh, 2015. And uh, and then 2016, we um, uh, we you know I had left multi multifamily millionaires that really spoke to me from Dave Lindahl. Uh, so 2016 was more about um, uh, just uh, you know getting more into that formula, seeing it in couple invested in a couple syndications, and then 2016 we started to find a market. Oh my God, that's the most difficult part. Like which market do you invest in? It's not because there's only a few good ones. There are so many good ones. Like how do you pick a place? So that took, I think it almost took us six, seven months. And, um, you know, and then from the time it was roughly from the time we found multifamily within about a year, uh, we were under contract with the first, we found Tucson, the first project, which we thought was value add. It was a, 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 it was a distressed property. But anyways, those are separate lessons learned. Hellringer Events is the premier wedding and event planning company in Central Kentucky and beyond. They offer comprehensive design, planning, and execution packages delivered delightfully detailed celebrations that will leave your guests talking for years to come. Signature weddings, stylish events, let Hellringer Events design a celebration that is uniquely you. Don't take my word for it. Go over to their Instagram page. Just watch what they have there. It's at Hellringer Events, and Hellringer is H-E-L-E-R-I-N-G-E-R Events. And you can also find them at www.hellringerevents.com.
You know, some of the things here that stand out because this this is a really actionable model and so many people sit in the sideline because they don't do these simple steps, right? You took action so you could get better questions, right? So you're like, yeah, we got these condos, we're rolling. Hey, this isn't scalable unless I do 20, 25 of these. Okay, I have an idea where I want to go. I want to scale. Okay, so what's available for me? So you do the research, right? And so now you, you have better questions, you have better answers going forward and you take that next step, which is key, right? So now you have, you have the research, but you surround yourself with other people that are doing it successful, successfully and that allows you to carry forward the notion okay i see the model that other people are doing right and now i can do that and now i have to implement it, right and and for that you can put that emotion instead of it, many people do it backwards will be like okay i'm gonna find a market i don't really know what i'm looking for um and i'm just gonna pick a market right and then now you go back you have to give everything prepared and you move into that market with tucson um was there identifying factors or stuff that stood out by tucson that you, you said okay this is our market we're, we're ready Absolutely. So, um, you know, there are uh, market cycles, you know, just the, going back to the market cycles, you got to pay attention to the market cycles, where it is in the cycle time. So Tucson was late to recovery. And prior to this, we had actually, uh, there's a little backdrop prior to that. We looked at Orlando, Orlando's phenomenal market, right? Now we're talking 2016, you know, it was just imagine what it was even two years ago. Um, the So it was really exciting. We bid on a couple of properties we, and I flew out. Uh, took a red eye and it just killed me because red eye going there because I had a full-time job so it was flying out there getting the whole business thing done during the whole day and then I took a night flight out back and just that experience of traveling back and forth I was it was like this is not scalable if as we transition into business and we knew Princey and I are very hands-on like we are not going to leave it for somebody else we'll, we're going to be active on the property and we will have to fly so this is going to be a bit of a problem I said, we need to reevaluate. So thankfully, uh, we didn't get that deal. We got made it to the best and final, but we didn't get that. But it taught us a very important lesson. Then we went to, we looked at Cleveland, we looked at Chicago, we looked at, uh, uh, you know, uh, Seattle, we looked at Oakland right in our neighborhood in California. And, and then we were like, everything was okay, but some were super hot, some were not easy to get to. Like Cleveland for us was not easy to get to from uh, San Francisco. And then we, uh, there was a professor at UFA in, that is in Tucson who was doing sabbatical at the startup I was at. And he told me about Tucson. I've always had an image of Tucson as a small town. And I started talking to him and he tells me there's like million people in the MSA. I was like, whoa, that's not a small town. And, um, and then I started digging in more, like there was direct flights, there are direct flights. It's an hour and a half flight, so we can do same day. Uh, in 2017, I, I used to fly in on Saturday mornings, fly out on Saturday night, first flight in, last flight out. And we did it every week. And we knew this was scalable. It was a recovery, slow to the recovery market. It's jobs were coming in and high paying jobs were coming in. The mayor was pro-business. They were trying to bring in a lot of the businesses. So we could see that change happening. We could see that all of a sudden Tucson was opening up, economy was opening up. And it added, I think it's added uh, north of 3,000 jobs in the last two years and high paying jobs. And, you know, everything the, there's for every high paying job, there are three others that are created. Um, so it's, it's, it's been great. We have seen uh, Tucson change a lot in just in the last three years. And our scalability was like traveling back and forth was phenomenal. So 2017, uh, 2017, I did that. 2018, it was Saturday and Sunday because business was growing. <laughs> and then it was, and then 2019, early 2019, I'm like, Princey, we can't do this. Uh, we, <laughs> Uh, we got to do something. So Princey exited. She went full time. 
uh, well, into he, real estate. Well, he had to, his boss didn't let him. I'm like, how can that be possible that you tell somebody that? No, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's it happens so that then I'm like, okay, let me show you how it's done. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it takes sometimes, right? Yeah. You gotta, yeah, you gotta yeah. say, okay, this is how you do it. Walk out yeah. the door, slam it behind you. Yeah, no, so um, I was also, you know, uh, moving on to the next project. It was just the right timing for us as a family and everything and i was very fortunate that my my leads understood where i was going they asked me they're like why you know you're having a great career here what was the need and i'm like no i wanted to do more and and this is this is really my next passion or what i want to do for the next 10 years or beyond and they understood it. they're like if it doesn't work out come back and i'm like i'll work very very hard to make sure it works out but thank you so much so uh, been really, really blessed to work with really great team. So I exited out last year, and, and most of the last year I traveled to Tucson um, while Vikram was, you know, at his job and also taking care of the kids and all of that. So yeah, yeah so she she was here like I think more than forty five weeks last year. Um, every week she would do Monday to Wednesday or Monday to Thursday travel. And so this year I transitioned out and I was like, okay, I'm gonna spend five days because we were scaling up further. And then COVID hit and, uh, you know, in a, in a sense it was a blessing because uh, the kids the kids could, were out of the school. So we were like, it, we were not disrupting their lives. And all four of us caught, our, uh, caught a flight and one-way ticket to Tucson. Wow. And we are here and we are able to work on the business, both of us, so. Yeah, it was more like we didn't have to deal with, you know, the parent guilt that you're trying to pull them into your business and into your life that you're yeah. now running around. <laughs> so you're like, oh yeah, we have no option this school. Perfect so timing. Down. Yeah. <laughs> I love the story going from searching for the market and touching base with all these markets and realizing where your perfect market was. And it was sort of in your backyard all the way until COVID happening. And you do such an amazing pivot. You take your family to Tucson and you just grow from there. Let's, let's use that as a jumping point right now. So where are you in your business right now? So yeah, right. We just um, are, are uh, I think 30 days ago, product right, pretty much right around that mark. We closed our last deal and we, uh, with that, we were over 500 units uh, under management. And so first initially, um, you know, we, Princey and I invested our own monies in the first, uh, you know, 100 plus units. And that was more to, again, goes back to the point, you know, we want to experiment it ourselves. It was a new thing. We wanted to put our money in and figure it out. I didn't want to make, learn, do mistakes on somebody else's buck, you know. We want to be conscientious about that. So we learned our, the business very much. And what we have built out is, a, is, is, is what we call ourselves is why I stand for impact investing. It's, uh, we, we put in really good quality material. Everything is low VOC. Everything is 100% waterproof. We put quartz countertops. There's no, um, you know, countertop spraying or something like that on our product, on our renovated product. It is all brand new stuff. And this is because our older kid also has uh, environmental allergies. And when we bought our first property, we walked in. We were there for 20 minutes looking at a finished uh, apartment that was done. And all of a sudden he had trouble breathing and he was wheezing and we had to get him Benadryl shot and stuff. So uh, from there, we got exposed to what all goes into some of these lighter remodels, right? So we're like, okay, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do it the right way. And if my past had been 12 years, I've been medical devices. So it was very much, very, very about how can we make life better for human beings, right? What is it that we can do? And, and Princess was all about the projects, like how do we add quality value to investor returns and everything else? 
So if we took both those portions, we're like, okay, if you're not gonna compromise on the quality, then what do you do? Like, how do you get the returns, right? Okay, you can put in the best stuff, but if you're not gonna make any money, it's not gonna be great for the greater good. So we said, okay, then we took a leap out of our manufacturing side. Uh, we are like, we figured it out. Both of us were sitting, scratching our head back in the Bay Area. Like, we gotta do this, how do we do it? And actually it was my call to my brother-in-law, uh, my sister and brother-in-law, and that triggered me, so you should, you guys should just buy both. You know, he just mentioned matter of casual. Because he knew we'd always do that in our manufacturing, right? I was, I was sourcing stuff from, you know, Europe. I was in operations, so we were sourcing stuff from the Far East. Uh, local, Canada, Mexico. We're like, that's true. Why for our business we shouldn't do that? So uh, the very first project, it was a 45 unit. We started importing uh, containers. And since we had already done this, it was for us, it was it was very normal. We didn't realize that it was, it was something a bit different. For us, we were trying to stretch the dollar. We we're trying to maximize the returns. And we got the best products um, that we could buy for our money. And it was not the cheapest, it was the best quality material for the cheapest price that we could buy so that we could put it in the apartments. So we consider our apartments to be a safe place. So our tenants need to say, we want to give them a safe and beautiful place when they come in. And that's what we ended, that's what YHA stands for today. We, we do full remodels with quartz countertops, brand new kitchen cabinets with the stringest uh, emission ratings. Our flooring have zero emissions. Uh, our paint is low VOC, the lowest that we can get. So we put in a lot of quality materials into our apartments. So yeah, and on that, uh, we really do believe in a lot of planning. So we we plan uh, we plan out all our remodels, our materials, and and then we test them out, and then we say, okay, this is part of our ecosystem now, and uh, we don't then disturb the ecosystem unless something better comes along, and that's how we are able to scale up, because we plan and then we integrate, and after that we let it run, you know. I love that. Um, Plan, integrate, and then run it, and then only change those things that need to be changed, if they need to be changed. And your story about really being green, really being conscientious of the what you use in your rehabs. And I was really interesting to I was really interested to hear what you were gonna say on how the how you do it, because so many so many multifamily investors that we talk to want to do it, but you figured out the how. Right. how to do it and how to do it correctly so you can still get your investment dollars back. It's one of the biggest advantages we can do, right? Is learn from our past, right? Instead of just keep doing the same thing everybody else is doing and say, well, I've done this before, so why can't this model fit here? And that's where a lot of the breakthrough constantly happens in business where someone says, well, this this has been viable in another business. Why hasn't this been pushed into here, right? Hasn't right. Why hasn't this been pushed into this area when you do that? So from a scalability point, when you started this, uh, was it that the, the, the bulk shipment was sufficient for the, I think, 45 units or 54 units there? Um, or did you have extra and you started now getting warehouse space and now knowing that you were moving bigger into the market, so now you can constantly have the kinds of scale coming as you move forward? Right, so <laughs> it's a very interesting question. So the first one, uh, it was it was enough, like for the 45 units to remodel the entire thing. Of course, we knew it was gonna take, uh, you know, more than a year to remodel. So we were investing in some future dollars. And so when we got, we, and we wanted to maximize, we didn't want to been, bring half a load or something. Again, that goes back to, you know, economies of scale. We wanted to bring the full container because we knew we would, we would stretch our dollar the most. And we knew we were serious about this business. We were not getting out. So the commitment was already there. So although it was just at that moment, it was a little bit more than what we needed for the next, you know, 12 to 18 months, but we knew it was, we were on this path. 
And uh, yes, it's been interesting. So it started with, you know, storing these in some warehouses and some open spaces in our backyards, in, in apartment complexes to containers. Find place and store. And, uh, and some vacant units. And then in, in obviously all these shenanigans were running out. And this uh, January, we purchased an 8,000 square foot warehouse. There you go. In Tucson. So essentially, uh, we have set up our office over here and this, most of the stuff is warehousing. And that's where all our, it's just fully stocked warehouse. Now we, we have constantly added on more and more material because we realize the less we have to run around and look for it, the easier it is. So we, we are getting to that. So I, I'm, a, I'm a quality, uh, you know, specialization of industrial engineering was in quality engineering. So it's Lean Six Sigma process and everything else. So I'm mean, essentially, you can think of it, I'm bringing the assembly line onto the renovation side. We brought in the renovation team in-house to you know vertically integrate and we do our own property management. And so, and this is more for ease of communication to have less hurdles to jump through. And so essentially we are building an assembly line in the renovation process. I love that assembly line thought, bringing in what you already know into real estate, having those systems. I'm a systems junkie. I love talking systems with other people. And I love your systems. So this has been absolutely fantastic. I, I have one final question before if you jump in there. So what has been the, the biggest key to a successful partnership? And this is, of course, trans transforming from Keely and I, which worked for us, is we actually worked before we became partners, right? So, that, so we already knew that part. The partner side was new to us, but most people do the opposite way. They, they are, um, they're partners first and then become um, developed in some kind of business operation. What, First thing that comes to mind for each of you, what what has stood out that's really allowed your massive success from a partnership side? So um, yeah, I can take that. Um, so being together so many years, and and not even if you're not, you do know the other person's strength, and you do know where they need support, right? So uh, we we do really do play with each other's strengths, and even right now because we have property management in house, we have construction in house. There's so many moving parts in a day that happens. So what we do is in the morning when we wake up, uh, we, we make an effort to get up at 4 a.m., for example, right? And the first thing we do is now it's as we are growing and the business is growing, we understand we have less and less time to, you know, touch base with each other during the day. Right? Or we, we put that 10, 15 minutes in the morning to discuss what's, what is it that you're going to focus on the most and what is it that I'm going to focus on and where do I need help? when it comes to kids or where do uh, you know you need help that this is more important today so communication um, it boils really boils down to communication and you can have soft communication you can have ugly <laughs> communication doesn't matter <laughs> you need to get your point across yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so, not and, let it blow then, over yeah. And as we uh, and we focus on areas, right? Every month we have a theme. Like I'm gonna focus on property management this month, or I'm gonna focus on property management software or leasing, or and then Vikram has this thing. Th this month I'm just gonna focus on processes. I'm gonna develop these documents, and so and then what we do is we we separate these departments out because of our corporate culture. We are very we are you know wired that ways. So we take it and then we say, okay, you take this and I'm going to take this. And then, and as I need help or support or guidance or, and then we jump in and, and then we mingle it and then separate out again. So it yeah. also, it all really boils down to really good communication and not every time he's right or I'm right, but at least we bring it to the table and discuss it. 
I love that. I mean, I was going to ask you, my question was going to be, what would be one actionable step that you would give the couples out there that are thinking about or are already in partnerships together, but you just gave it to us. It's your AM sessions. Those yeah. are, th those are yeah. key. Those are key. Making the time for each other. That's key. Right. Yeah. Love it. And, Thank and, you so much. Yeah. Sure. No, and just to add on to that, from my perspective is, I think always don't be afraid to ask for help, right? There are certain areas you know, I'm very vocal about where I need help. Uh, the, because what I got, what you know I got it, you know you got it, right? She knows I got it, right? That's fine. But I just really, really try to bring up, okay, Quincy, I really need your help on this. This, I can do this, maybe I can do this, but I know if I try to attempt it, I might botch it up. So can you please step in and do it? And and similarly, like she'll bring in, okay, you take care of this, I'll take care of this, we'll get it done. So uh, I think it's also very important to communicate where exactly we need help. And all of us do. Yeah. Guys, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much. I really just love the story, just from everything of, of just taking your professional careers and transforming them into what you're doing today in Tucson, just how you bring the family in, how you look at just simple things as, as an allergy that, that, that your son had, how that, that really helps build the process you have going forward. Um, thank you. So for people that are listening, what's the best way to learn more about you? Sure, sure, no, uh, for sure. Thank you so much for having us on the show first. It's it's, it's our absolute pleasure. Um, and so for people to get hold of us, we are on social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, and they can uh, go to whyhacapital.com and, uh, you know, they can reach out to us through that site. And of course, if, uh, you know, the we obviously look for people who are really interested in making an impact, leaving this place, you know, better than what we have and, and uh, you know, investing in the greater good. It's not only make returns, but make returns by making better this earth a better place so we would love to connect with those guys and uh you know take it from there everyone who's listening please please look at wahi capital look at princey and vikram they are an amazing couple looking to do good in the multifamily space thank you to everyone who is listening we are so grateful thank you bye, bye. join us for your second cup of coffee every monday through friday at noon Live every day brings our best content we've done so far. Super excited, super engaging, bunch of great guests. We're here to answer your questions and we so appreciate you listening. Make sure to check this out. Can't wait to see you.